It's Tuesday, May the 10th, and I'm Wimala, and I'm here to spend some time with you. Um, I don't have any, I didn't have anything I wanted to read today, kind of looking for a book that might be good to get into. But um, I, I had a, my experience over this past weekend with it being Mother's Day has just kind of continued for me. Um, this is the first Mother's Day that since my mother, my mother died in January, January the 22nd. And so this has been the first Mother's Day. And I think that's, um, there are those, those all through the day, there would be thoughts of her and, uh, kind of realizing, okay, this is the new normal now, right? My mom's not in this world. And, um, then even since then, what I've realized is there are so many of us who are carrying, I'm, what I'm learning about is that grief is something that is a process that continues longer than, um, longer than we, we think, but it comes, it, it becomes something that just comes in small flashes or little, little, little things that we see might trigger that loved one that we're missing. But one of the things that's that's been helping me is I realize that this is so much the human condition just because so many good friends of mine have lost parents. Uh, I lost my dad in 19... When was it? 1980. It's been quite a long time. Um, but the but we all lose everything we love, and and when we start studying the teachings of the Buddha, we we realize that's a basic premise that we lose everything in the course of this lifetime. So there's the good and there's the bad and there's the the reality. Um, everything we love we'll lose at some point, and we will 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 also we lose ourselves. We the, the self that it's good to let go of that's it's good when we lose that sense of self and that sense of everything being about me but uh we we also grow old and die if we're lucky we grow old and we lose things along the way and and i and so many of us have lost people during the pandemic uh, with really not even a chance to say goodbye in many cases. And we've all had losses throughout our lives. And uh, just, and I'm very aware of that. But just uh, even since Sunday was Mother's Day, my daughter was here and it was really good to have her. Uh, and we took a, we took a long walk with my good friend Mary Jane. And uh, it was a beautiful day, but lots of poignancy in it. But then yesterday, Monday, I went to, uh, for just a regular checkup with my dermatologist. That's, which is why I have this little, this weird bandage on my face. It was something that had to be, uh, cut out. But we were talking about Mother's Day and uh, I told her, that my mom had died in January because she and I have been 
had a had a really sweet with my dermatologist a really sweet relationship over the years. And then she told me that her mother died just a month ago. And her mother was also about the same age as my mom in their 90s. And we were both talking about, we, we were surprised at the grief uh, in one sense because our moms had lived to be so old and had such long lives. Maybe we thought it would be easier to let go because they had had full, very full lives and uh, were probably at that point in their lives that it was not difficult for them to let go. But we were both remarking on how we were experiencing grief and a little bit surprised by the forms it was taking. So I thought just that conversation, we both helped each other a lot. And um, all through the the appointment was longer than usual. And uh, I think we both felt that that little conversation we had and just being able to share how similar our reactions had been was just a gift to both of us. And then last night we had the book group online and and I knew so many people in that group. Just in that group, it was about 16 people and there were several people who had lost loved ones or, or uh, even uh, parents, but certainly loved ones from COVID or uh, aging parents, just in the time that we've had the book group, which is not even two years. And uh, it's so good when we have friends that we can share that with, because then we see, you know, this is how the world is. This is this is what this is what happens inevitably to all of us, but it doesn't make our sadness or our grief uh, something that we should say, "Oh, don't need to be grieving, don't need to be sad. It happens to everybody." But it is a sadness and it is a grief that comes to us all. And uh, I wanted to read what I found when I started thinking about this was something from a book I thought we were finished with, The Issue at Hand by Gil Fransdale. But um, I think this might have a little little relevance because I was realizing with all of these friends who have had losses or some are having losses coming up, like a children, families moving away and not being close to them, um this is this suffering there is suffering in the midst of whatever is good in our lives and whatever joys that we have suffering still exists but we're learning how to deal with it so this is this is his essay called intolerance to suffering in the dhammapada verses 146 why the laughter what the joy when flames are ever burning? Surrounded by darkness, shouldn't you seek for light? Buddhism is often considered a religion of tolerance. In many ways it is, but a particular kind of intolerance develops as we practice. Intolerance to suffering. I use the word intolerance to be deliberately provocative 
to encourage you to reflect on suffering and the issues surrounding it. Taking suffering seriously is an important element of Buddhist practice. To ignore it is to miss a powerful opportunity. Intolerance to suffering motivated the Buddha to find liberation from it. Suffering, a feeling of dissatisfaction with life, motivates people to engage in spiritual practice. The Buddhist challenge is for us to become free of our suffering. People are often quite tolerant of their suffering, particularly of the subtle suffering in everyday activities. For example, we may not pay attention to the subtle tension in the way we drive, going a little faster than comfortable, judging other drivers, or perhaps being anxious about our destination. Such minor stress tends to build over time, affecting our overall mood. People also tolerate larger suffering. For example, we may be afraid that addressing certain issues in our relationships will cause even more suffering, so we choose not to. Or we may passively tolerate such existential existential anxiety as the fear of death, never really looking into it deeply, never freeing ourselves of its grip on our life. We have many ways of tolerating suffering and many reasons for doing so. We may fear the consequences of facing our suffering. We may become numb to it or turn away from it. We can intentionally deny the existence of something that is quite uncomfortable. We may also tolerate our suffering because of ambition or desire. Or we may be willing to tolerate some suffering to achieve what we perceive as a greater good. Sometimes this tolerance is a necessary component of life. To graduate from college, for example, many of us tolerated unpleasant situations. We were willing to put up with the discomfort because of the value of education. But such trade-offs are not always worthwhile. When we consider our deepest values, we may find that what we are pursuing is not really worth it. For example, financial wealth may not be worth the years of stress needed to achieve it. Major crises and personal tragedies can be very difficult to deal with, but they can be easier if we have had experience with smaller issues. The subtle suffering in our lives, such as in the way we drive or talk to co-workers, may seem unimportant. But if we attend to the small things that we suffer, we create a context of greater ease, peace, and responsibility, which can make it easier to deal with the bigger difficulties when they arise. Being intolerant of suffering in the Buddhist sense does not mean that we reject it or fight against it. It means that we stop and look at it, not morbidly, but rather because we have faith in the possibility of living a joyful and peaceful life, if we can understand our sufferings. In Buddhist practice, we investigate the nature of suffering. One of the first things we may notice is our relationship to it. We may discover how we tolerate, avoid, or accept suffering in unhealthy ways. We may notice our aversion to suffering, trying to push something out of the heart 
is another form of suffering. Aversion to suffering creates even more suffering. We may also notice how suffering functions in our lives. We might be using it as proof of or justification for inappropriate judgments about ourselves, that we are blameworthy, inadequate, or incapable. Identifying strongly through our suffering can become our orientation to the world. Occasionally, people hang on to the identity, I'm a victim, and want to be treated by others as a victim. We can use our suffering to get other people to respond to us in ways that may not be healthy. However, being willing to investigate suffering and to look at it closely and non-reactively changes our relationship to it. We bring a healthy part of our psyche to the experience of suffering. Instead of being wrapped up in our suffering, lost in aversion to it, or shut off from it, we simply ask, what is this? This movement toward a different relationship with our suffering is an important aspect of Buddhist practice. Meditation practice helps us develop concentration. When we develop concentration on something as simple as the breath, we counter the force of our attachments with the strength of our concentration. Concentration often creates a sense of calm, ease, and even joy that in turn begins to change our relationship to suffering. But concentration is only a part of mindfulness practice. Mindfulness strengthens our ability to look honestly and steadfastly at the sources of our suffering. It helps us to see that the roots of our suffering are actually in the present moment. The conditions that give birth to suffering may be in the past, and understanding past conditions can be very helpful. But suffering occurs in the present moment and is actually held in place by craving, aversion, or fear that are also occurring in the present. If we can release the holding, suffering loosens. Mindfulness joined with concentration allows us to see the moment-to-moment holding at the heart of our suffering. Intolerance to suffering may coexist with joy. Certainly not joy in the suffering itself, but the joy of bringing our practice to bear on it. As we become intolerant of our suffering and face it honestly, we begin to see the possibility of living a joyful and peaceful life. And um, I don't... uh, Uh, Grieving is a process. I think there is suffering in it, but I think the grieving is a normal, emotional um, kind of suffering that we all go through periodically. But I think his advice, if we look at the little sufferings in our lives, we can handle the bigger ones. And uh, we can realize that this suffering is, is just in this moment. So little by little we begin to we begin to live with our losses. Uh, we may suffer if, if we have fear of things, fear of death, fear of our own death. Or uh, if, we were, if we had an attachment that was even greater than the relational attachment that we have. 
if we depended on someone to be, you know, to be everything for us. Uh, losing them takes on a different, kind of a whole different meaning. So, um, I just, that was the, that was the first thing that I saw on suffering. And I think the advice is good just about continuing to work with, uh, what is this? What is this? And I think when those moments come up of grief, if we just look at it, what is this? And be okay with that feeling. Watch it. Pay attention to it. And that will help it pass on. Uh, if we, if we're open to saying, what is this? And it's grief. And that's okay. That's a part of our human nature. So why don't we sit? And then we have a beautiful day here today. It's just suddenly, suddenly our winter is gone and it looks like summer is here. But that's in the present moment. <laughs> that's all that we can think of. So let's just sit with that question, what is this? Um, so be, let your breath be the focus. And as you sit, if, any, if there's anything that rises up in you, if you notice fe feelings of uh, unpleasantness, and these are the tonal, these are those affective, uh, that sense of feeling, just that body feeling in the body, not our emotions, but the, the feelings of, just the feelings of uh, the hedonic quality the feelings of pleasant, unpleasant, or uh, neutral. Neutral usually means we're not looking at it carefully enough. So just be with those feelings. And if something, something rises up and you're able to think pleasant, unpleasant, neutral, just ask yourself, what is this? And just go a little further with whatever arises. And uh, if you're if you're in a period of there's some grieving in your life, that may just arise occasionally, but that's a wonderful time to just sit with it and be aware. What is this? And let that feeling be there. But by allowing it, it will pass. It just will pass through us. It'll arise again. It'll come at unexpected times, but. That's okay. That's the nature of that. But it's good. It's really good for us to see it and honor it. And then we can let it go. So we're just going to be aware of the breath. And you can, you can uh, move your head if it feels tight. You want to relax it. Roll your shoulders back to be able to feel the your body just naturally taking in more air. Relax your hands, let them rest in your lap. And let the breath be the focus. Just the anchor to come back to.
and then just be aware of feelings. The more we can ask the question, what is this, and investigate, we can see what's arising within us. We can allow it to be there, recognize it, see it, and let it pass on its own, in its time.
May everything we do and say and think today be done not only for our own benefit, but for the benefit of all living beings. We're thinking about people in Ukraine, people in other parts of the world where they're suffering, great suffering and loss and fear. May all beings everywhere be free from fear and worry and anxiety. And may we all live in peace. Thank you. Thanks for being part of my practice. I will see you Thursday.